Hello and welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today we're going to learn about Yahweh Yireh. Unless you're a serious student of the Hebrew language, you might not be familiar with the beautiful names ascribed to God. And yet the Old Testament is filled with intentional names that define His very character. That's why today on the program, Rabbi Schneider is going to take a deep dive into a particular name of God and how it sheds light on the unique facets of God's divine nature. If you have a pen and paper with you, this is definitely a good one to take some notes. So let's get started with the next covenant name of God. Here is Rabbi Schneider. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Hebrew word there in Genesis 1-1 for God is the word Elohim. So it actually says, in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Elohim was the plural of the word El, And El was a term that even pagans used to describe their God. They referred to their gods as El. So why in the book of Genesis 1-1 is El changed to its plural form, Elohim? Because when you add Iman to the end of a word to make it plural, it really marks the word. It makes it stand out. It makes it something bigger than what it is in the singular. So number one, we see that El is Elohim in Genesis 1-1 to put emphasis on it, that God is just not one of the many gods, but he's the God. And also because God, beloved ones, is multidimensional in his nature. God consists of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's relationship within the Godhead. The Son has always been in the bosom of the Father. God is love, and love must have an object. And the Son, who's in the bosom of the Father, has forever, in eternity, been the object of Father's affection. And so we read in Genesis 1.26 that the Lord said, let us make man in our image. Who was he speaking to? He was speaking to his son that's in his bosom. So in the beginning, Elohim, plural, speaking of, again, the multidimensional nature of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But Elohim is not actually God's personal name. It's a descriptive title, the title of God. It's not until Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 6 that we are actually introduced to God's covenant name. The Lord says to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, I am that I am. This is my memorial name forever. And then he continues, he said, Moses, I revealed myself to your forefathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai, as God Almighty. But by my name, Yahweh, they did not know me. And so the Lord reveals his covenant name to us in Exodus 3 and Exodus 6, Yahweh. Since that time, beloved, every single writer in the Hebrew Bible 
those that knew God personally, that had a relationship with him, called upon him by his name, Yahweh, from Moses onward. Moses, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, and on and on. You could go through all the books of the Bible. Now, the reason that I want to point this out is because in the traditional Jewish world, there's a mindset that feels that Father God's sacred name, Yahweh, is so sacred that it shouldn't be spoken. Now, let me say this. I want to give respect to my Jewish brothers and sisters that feel that we shouldn't speak God the Father's sacred name, Yahweh. I feel differently about this because his name, once again, is used over 7,000 times in the Old Testament. All those from Moses onward, when they pray to God, pray to him by referring to him, by calling upon him with love and reverence by his name, Yahweh. But the Jewish people, once again, developed a mindset that it's so sacred it shouldn't be said. And they tried to protect it from having Gentiles learn what it was because they felt like if Gentiles learned what Father God's sacred name was, they would use it and make fun of it and blasphemy. And so what the ancient scribes did was when they recorded God's sacred name, Yahweh, composed of the four Hebrew consonants, Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey, they put accent markings over the four consonants so that when people that didn't know his name tried to speak it, they would actually speak it wrong. In the English language, we have what we know as consonants and vowels. Most of us know that, right? We have our consonants, R, N, J, etc., And then we have our vowel sounds, A, E, I, O, and U. So we have consonants and we have vowels. And the way that we know how to pronounce consonants in terms of if you have an R and an N, the way to know how to pronounce the R and the N is by the vowel that's in between the R and the N. So for example, if all we had were the two consonants, R-N, next to each other, we wouldn't know how that was pronounced. It could be rin, it could be run, it could be ran, it could be reen, it could be rune, right? The vowel in between the two consonants tells us how to pronounce it. So if we want to say ran, we put the vowel A in between the R and the N. But in Hebrew, there are no vowels. And so what we do to show us how to pronounce the consonants in the Hebrew language is we put accent markings over the Hebrew consonants. And the accent markings show us what vowel sounds are to be used. So what the ancient Jewish scribes did is when they wrote down God's sacred name, they put the accent markings in the wrong places. That's why, for example, when we hear of the Gentile church wanting to call upon God or sing to God by his name, they say Jehovah rather than what his real name is, Yahweh. You see, the way that the Gentiles began to pronounce it Jehovah rather than Yahweh comes from two sources. Number one, because the ancient Jewish scribes put the accent markings in the wrong places over the Hebrew consonants so that the Gentiles would mispronounce it. The other reason is because as time goes on, language changes and language evolves. And so in the ancient Hebrew language, there was no J sound. We said Jehovah, right? There was no J sound. It was a yuh sound oftentimes. So for example, if we look at the Hebrew for Israel, it's Yisrael. There was a yuh sound. Or if we look at the capital city of Yisrael, 
It is what? We call it Jerusalem. But in the original Hebrew language, it is Yerushalayim. So the J sound was added later. It was just kind of what takes place over the years as language sometimes changes forms. So in the original, it was Yahweh. But because of the confusion that came about as a result of the wrong accent markings and compounded with the fact that over time, the Y sound became a J sound as I indicated is in the case with Yerushalayim, which is the correct way to say Jerusalem, versus Jerusalem. As a result of that, the Gentile church began to refer to God as Jehovah rather than the original yud heh vav pronounced abrethi Yahweh. Now, let me say this as well. We are not totally certain, we're not 100% sure that God's sacred personal name is pronounced a breathy Yahweh because we don't have the accent markings and because for hundreds and hundreds of years, no one would say his name. But most Semitic scholars of the ancient Hebrew language believe that the way that God's personal sacred name should be pronounced once again is a breathy Yahweh. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi Schneider will be right back. But first, I wanna thank everyone who just took part in the Taking the Rainbow Back Collective Action Weekend. Your prayers, your actions, and your willingness to speak out and share the truth of God with our society is making a difference. And we wanna share in your successes. If you have a testimony, video, or photo from the weekend, Make sure to share it with us at takingtherainbowback.com. When you give to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, it allows us to spend more time focusing on what really matters. And for us, that means getting God's Word out to as many people as possible. And right now, at this very moment, there is someone who needs to hear Rabbi's practical biblical teaching. And your financial gift is what makes that possible. To donate, go online to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Now to conclude today's message, here's Rabbi Schneider. We're gonna look at eight instances in the Old Testament where Yahweh combines his name with a function that he performs in the salvation of his people. So this is gonna become clear, church, as I go on today. Let's go to the first covenant name of God, the covenant conjunctive name of God, Yahweh, Yireh. We're going to the book of Genesis, chapter number 22, verse 14, where we see God use his personal name, Yahweh, in conjunction with a saving activity that he does in the lives of his covenant people. Now, what's the point of all this? Are we just educating today? No. The goal is that when you see how God combines his covenant name with what he does for those that are his, you'll be able to believe in him and trust him to do this for you. You see, there are certain things that we can hope God will do. We may hope that God will, you know, give us a certain job. We may hope that God would give us a certain spouse. We may hope that God would give us a certain whatever that might be. We don't know sometimes what God will do. We pray, we trust, we know God loves us, but there are certain things 
that we can absolutely know for certain that he'll do. And those are the things that are related to his covenant name. So the first covenant name, the first time Father God uses his name in conjunction with what he surely does for all those that are his, comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 22, verse 14, where the Lord says, I am Yahweh, Yireh. Abraham called the name of that place Yahweh, will provide or Yahweh Yireh. Now, again, due to the reasons that I previously mentioned, the church calls this covenant name of God Yahweh Yireh. They mispronounce it and call him Jehovah Jireh. When the church calls God Jehovah Jireh, that is the mispronunciation of Yahweh Yireh from Genesis 22, 14. I don't want to build up pride in anybody today because what I've sometimes seen is that Gentiles will learn some of this Hebrew stuff and then they'll kind of use it as a sword against people that don't know maybe how to say Father God's name correctly or, you know, sometimes Gentiles will get a little bit of Hebrew knowledge and it'll puff them up. You know, the Bible says knowledge puffeth up. So let's not use, church, the information that Father God is giving us today to use it as a sword against those that may not have knowledge of these things. Let's just use it as an opportunity to love, to bless, to educate, but not to make ourselves feel superior to other people or put other people down because they may not be pronouncing his name correctly. But again, Jehovah Jireh is a mispronunciation of Genesis 22:14. It should be Yahweh Yireh, the Lord will provide. Now, when Father God says, I am Yahweh, your provider, I am the Lord that will provide, I want you to know this is true for every single child of his. He will always be your Father God that will provide. You know, the New Testament tells us this, my God, Paul says, shall supply all your needs Isn't that what we're talking about here? Yahweh Yireh, the Lord will provide. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Isn't this what Jesus was talking about when he was telling his people, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink? Your father, he knows all these things. If he provides for the lilies of the field, will he not provide for you if he clothes the lilies of the field? If he provides for the sparrows, will he not take care of his own children? He said, people that don't know God should worry about those things, but not you, because why? Your God is Yahweh, your rep. And I know sometimes it's hard to believe in God to provide when we find ourselves in difficult places in life. And so I want to encourage us today, beloved church, to challenge ourselves when we're facing fear, when we're facing doubt, when we're facing unbelief and we have a real need, let's remind ourselves that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that your father is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he will always be for you. Listen now, Yahweh Yireh, he will always be your Lord, your father that will provide. You see, I want you to sink your teeth into this revelation. Again, this is not simply for education. This is for revelation. When we find ourselves in fear and doubt and unbelief, we need to declare over our lives, Father, thank you that you are Yahweh, you're to me. You will provide. Now, we can all agree, I think, that Father God does not supply our every desire, but he will provide for us everything that we truly need. 
David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. You can be certain that Father God will supply all our true needs according to riches and glory. You'll always have food in your stomach. You'll always have a roof over your head. God is going to take care of you and I. He is going to take care, beloved, of his children, and he wants us to believe him for that. He does this for every single one of his children that is in a covenant relationship with him because this is one of his activities as our Savior. He will always be for you, your provider, your Yahweh, your rep. I want to continue on today. I won't be able to finish, but I want to continue on with the second covenant name of God. I'm going now to the book of Exodus, chapter 15, verse 26. I'm looking now at Yahweh Rophecha, or Yahweh Rophi. Let's read together Exodus 15, 26. Moses and the children of Israel are at the waters of Marah, the waters that are making them sick. And Moses speaks with the Lord and the Lord says back with him, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, the Lord says, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians for I, the Lord, am your healer. And what the actual Hebrew says is, I am Yahweh Rophi or I am Yahweh Rophecha. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord that he So I want to challenge you and invite you to tune in next time as I get into the revelation of how God will provide, beloved, for the need of our body to be kept in health. Now, listen, I understand that there's a lot of questions concerning divine healing, that there's a lot of questions regarding the physical healing of the body by the supernatural activity of God. We're going to talk about some of those issues. Join me as we get into a very important edition of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. If you know people that are sick, I encourage you to have them tune in as we look at the Lord's covenant activity in the lives of his people by claiming, listen now, that he is the Lord, our healer. In Jesus' name, I want to say there's a banner over you. The banner over you, beloved, is the name of your father himself. He has covered your life by his name. And in his name, beloved, He has provided everything that you will ever need. And as we get deeper into this series, you're going to understand why the New Testament tells us that we are complete in Christ. Yahweh's grace is sufficient for you. And when you know his names and trust in them, beloved, you're going to have greater freedom and greater peace in your life. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and a message from our Bible teacher, Rabbi Schneider. And if you'd like to learn more about the covenant names of God, then let me invite you to head on over to our website and explore. We have a variety of resources and study guides that are straightforward and easy to use, and they're available to you right now. So just visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And well, as Rabbi mentioned today, God is our Father, and as such, He will provide for you. He sees all of our circumstances and the things that we're going through, and He knows exactly what's needed to bring about His plan into your life. We can be sure that He's always faithful and always 
providing even in those times of trouble or difficulty. And part of being in God's family means that we support one another through prayer and our financial gifts. It's up to each and every one of us to stand in the gap and to be a witness to those who are in need and those who just need to hear about the Lord and to share a little bit more about how you can prayerfully or financially support us this year. Let's turn our attention back to Rabbi. Beloved, it's important that we put God first in every area of our lives. It concerns me that it seems that so many people today are trying to use God for an experience, but they're not being obedient. I think of many, many people that are going to churches, they love the worship music, but they're not being obedient to God's word. Jesus said, unless a man picks up his cross, denies himself and follows me, he cannot be my disciple. Sacrificial obedience is the only way to truly walk hand in hand with God. This is why it's important how we handle our finances. Going back to the first book of the Bible with Abraham, all the way through the New Testament, we see that those that truly walk with God honor Him in every area of their lives, including their finances. I wanna just ask you today, if discovering the Jewish Jesus is being used by Father God in your life to be a blessing, would you honor Him with your finances through this ministry? Thank you for your love and for your financial support. If the Lord is leading you to financially support this ministry as a monthly partner, then please call 800-777-7835. Or you can sign up to be a monthly partner online when you visit us at our website, discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And you can also send a one-time gift in the mail when you write to us at Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Once again, that's P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. We are so grateful for all our faithful listeners who understand that these daily programs from Rabbi Schneider, they're made possible through voluntary donations and prayer. And as a token of our appreciation for your faithful obedience to God's leading, we'll send you Rabbi Schneider's Message of the Month. And it's available as an instant digital download along with our current newsletter. And then before we wrap up today, if you have highlight stories, or photos or videos from the Collective Action Weekend, make sure to upload them at takingtherainbowback.com. And now let's wrap up today's message. Here is Rabbi Schneider. In the Old Testament book of Numbers, we find a blessing God speaks over his children through Moses and Aaron. It carries the idea of favor and expression. Open your heart to the Spirit and the Word today and receive Father's goodness into your life with confidence. Yahweh <laughs> Shalom.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Make sure to join us again tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider describes the God who heals. That's coming up Wednesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.